Welcome to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. This is Luke Stampini here with Blake Alderman. Going to discuss Florida Gators recruiting over the weekend. Gators had good news, two new commitments. Monday, not great news with Joel Williams, a four-star defensive back out of Louisiana, decommitting from the Gators. And then later that night, four-star offensive tackle Josh Braun from just up the road in, in Live Oak committing to Georgia over Florida and South Carolina. Uh, offensive tackle is a huge need. First of all, Blake, the, the decommitment, were you a little bit surprised that Joel Williams decided to decommit considering he only committed less than a month earlier to Florida originally? I think it's there's some surprise whenever you do see that it is a fresh commitment, and usually those are the times whenever that commitment is the strongest. Again, I, I know we've said in the last podcast that we have that it's weird when guys don't take visits, but you don't really expect something like that to happen so quickly. Um, obviously I think a lot of fans started to kind of, you know, gear up for maybe this isn't done when he pops up at Auburn, he pops up at Alabama. He obviously posted that he got the, uh, Alabama offer after that. And I believe he also was offered by like Virginia tech, which he said was offer number 50. So when, on top of guys who are taking visits, still counting what scholarship offer number they have, I think there has to be some concern there, but I think there is a little bit of surprise just for maybe, you know, this didn't even last a month. Yeah, I guess his commitment kind of was a little bit of a surprise, too. It kind of sprung up out of nowhere. Uh, I know he was visiting that weekend when he did commit, but he had visited uh, Tennessee several times prior. And I know he'd been to Florida at least once before that trip, but, but it just seemed a little rushed at the time. It's like, I'm here, I'm ready to commit. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good get but at the time, but um, clearly he was not done with his recruiting process, showed up at Alabama. And I think that offer from Alabama really opened his eyes. And and that's probably where he's going to end up heading um, in the future. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're the one to watch. You get the offer on campus after camping, um, which is one that you obviously earned and, and camped in front of those coaches. And then he's planning to come back again later this month. So I think whenever you have a return visit like that, and He's obviously very high on Alabama, which a lot of recruits are. I think that's the team to watch, at least for right now. Depending on how long he wants to take this out, you know, that could obviously change when you've got, you know, you're juggling all these other visits. And in-state LSU, I feel like if that's one where they really want to turn the heat up, those guys in-state really are hard to pick LSU against. So I think there's still some things to watch, but Bama definitely seems to have caught his eye. With Josh Braun, the offensive uh, tackle, that's a huge position of need for the Florida Gators. They need to sign tackles. There's no question about it. Uh, they need to sign a lot of them. Uh, with him being so close to campus, that's that's what hurts probably more than anything is that he's just right up the road. Um, he's a local kid. You can get him on campus rather easily. And Florida did a good job getting him down several times. But they just weren't able to seal the deal and, and keep, fend off Georgia, uh, who who landed him last night. That's a that's a recruiting battle that stings, I think, if you're a Florida fan for him to go elsewhere and especially SEC East rival Georgia. I think it's more or less, too, when whenever you look for the criteria that Florida offensive line coach John Hevesy has, he likes those tough, gritty, you know, no BS work, lunch pail, whatever little 
saying you want to call it. That, that's what he does look for. And that, that was really the T that Braun does fit. His dad's an offensive line coach. He's a family of offensive linemen. They're a tough, gritty kind of family. So I, I think more or less it's – I know Hevesy has talked about the fit whenever he looks for offensive linemen. And on top of being a really highly regarded kid, this also was one that did fit. I know there were a lot of – um, really it kind of draws early on, you know, obviously Florida with their academics. There were a lot of things that really did catch their eye eventually. And to see this, you know, kind of transpire and, you know, following his official visits, you know, to Florida and South Carolina, I think the one thing that really does make it sting more than anything is that this was a guy who seemed all accounts, they were going to take all of their visits, collect all of the data, and then kind of go from there. And for this guy to pop not only before the visit to Georgia, but at like 1030 on a Monday, you know, I, I think that that little bit of surprise kind of made it sting even worse. Well, I mean, I think Georgia was trending in this recruitment sure. for a while and met with him and the family back at the end of April. And I walked away from that meeting thinking that Georgia had the edge. And this was before he took his uh, Florida official visit and South Carolina official visit. And uh, he's going to take his Georgia official visit this weekend. Um, I think Georgia's always been a serious player. Uh, but I get your point. I thought they would at least go through the Georgia official visit before they made their decision. Um, and, and I guess kind of stepping back and looking at this whole recruiting class, and I know it's only June and, and where it's at right now, Florida still ranks number seven in the country, uh, has the number seven recruiting class in the country for the 2020 uh, recruiting cycle, uh, which looks good on paper. That's top 10 class. That's what you're shooting for. I guess when you step back and you, and you look at it a little bit closer, Florida also has 13 total commitments and that is the eighth most in the country. And so this early stage in the recruiting process, when you're calculating those class rankings, the number of commitments matter uh, a great deal now than when everyone starts getting to 20 and above uh, in, total, in the total commitments. And then I think the other thing is you look at, and this is what I look at more than anything when looking at our 24-7 sports uh, recruiting rankings, is the average grade per commit for Florida right now? It's a 90.08, uh, just barely a four-star average rating, which is fine. But when you look at it, that is the 13th best average per hit, uh, commit in the nation. You would like that a little bit higher, knowing that you do play in the SEC and you got to face Georgia and LSU, and then probably Bama's waiting, and then whatever maybe the college football playoffs may have for you. Just kind of what are your thoughts on where this class is sitting right now? You know, I think if you want to pick from where things were at last year to this year, I think obviously there's a lot more to talk about just because the class is a lot higher than it was last year. But I think if you look and you kind of break things down, you look at the targets there, I don't know that there's anybody on like the, the target list or anything that really screams like an imminent commitment could be coming. And I think that that's kind of where we're at now is – it's almost seems like things are even kind of in neutral as there obviously there's visits coming and I know they got off some some uh, landing some commitments this past weekend but those are probably the two guys that I would have picked that were the most likely so it's like looking at it now it's like mm, not really sure who else I would pick to be the most likely guy to jump on board and the thing we pointed to even in the middle of last fall was this 2020 class set up very nicely for the Florida Gators because if you look in the state of Florida all the talent was north of Lake Okeechobee. It was along the I-4 corridor. It was up in Jacksonville. Ocala's got some players, that kind of region there. And the fact that they're missing on some of these these top targets in this in those areas with Josh Braun out of Live Oak, five-star running back to Marcus Bowman 
out of Lakeland, Florida. Uh, Carson Beck out of Jacksonville. Fred Davis out of Jacksonville. Uh, th- those things, that's the concerning part, I think, to me, because it's recruiting in the state of Florida isn't always going to be like this. It'll shift between South Florida and North Florida, and, and this was a perfect year for Florida to take advantage. And right now, they're not currently taking advantage of those those kind areas. You know, and that's kind of the thing, too, whenever you look at just the seasons last year. Obviously, Miami went through a coaching change. Florida State had a really bad year last year. This was the one where not only were the guys in the favorable year, but you look at the opponents at Florida, you know, the in-state rivals, and and Florida's coming off that 10-win season. I think a lot of people had higher expectations. But then also in the state of Florida, like you said, it's – it could be the Wild West at times. You also have to deal with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. So I think that's more or less the disconcerting part is that, you know, I think people feel great about where Florida's at in comparison to their in-state rivals. But whenever you look at to some of these other big-time SEC schools, and obviously Clemson, a big-time school, is coming off a national championship, I think this is where Florida fans kind of expected that these battles would start getting won. You know, you finish off the 2019 uh, signing day, you you land Kyir Elam over Georgia, you flip uh, Chris Bogle from Alabama, and I think people were kind of thinking like, all right, these big boy battles, you know, it's time to start winning some of these. And then it just didn't kind of translate into 2020. So of the top 30 players uh, from the state of Florida, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, which is an industry-generated average, 19 of those players are committed. And right now, Miami and Florida State have four each from that top 30 in the state of Florida committed. Florida sits there at number two, uh, sits there with three currently in the top 30 committed. And then you have schools like Clemson that has two, and Clemson's two are the number one and number three player in the state. Uh, Georgia has two, and they're the number nine and number 11 player in the state. And then you got Oregon, Alabama, South Carolina, and, and Penn State all with a, a single commit in that top 30 as well. And so that's probably the issue that that bothers me the most with Florida is Miami and FSU seem to be doing a little bit better job for that upper echelon recruit in the state of Florida. And they're both going through some unrest, a coaching change, a five and seven season. Um, and, and Florida's coming off a 10 win year. Like you got to strike like the, the it's never going to get better than it is right now for Florida. And, and they're just not winning those battles. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing. And I, and I, you know, We've had tons of people ask, you know, what is the reason for that? You know, I don't know if it's – I think it could be a lot of things. You know, you have your recruiting staffers. You know, there's been a lot of change in there. So I I don't know. I I think it's just – they need to fix that there, and I think that that will kind of take care of some things too. Obviously, you have to see what they've done on the field is enough to catch some of these eyes because I think that it did help them some last year. But I think getting that recruiting staff and kind of getting an idea and getting some organization there will help them a long way. This is the Swamp 24-7 podcast. We talked about the bad news. After this break, we're going to talk about the good news. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. We went over all the things that may be going wrong with Florida's recruiting. Now let's give you a little light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. So last year in the 2019 recruiting class, there were 603 decommitments. The year before that, in the 2018 recruiting class, there were 643 decommitments. This is across the country, coast to coast. Right now in the 2020 class, we're only sitting at 100. So 100 decommitments. So there's still 500 decommitments still to go. So while there are all these prospects in the state of Florida that are committed to other schools other than the Gators, you know, you and I aren't uh, naive enough to, to think that they're completely locked in and solid. There's going to be shifting and, and changing and, and changing of schools and changing of commitments moving forward. This is something that Florida is probably going to have to rely on it. Are they not? Absolutely. You know, and I think that that kind of helped him somewhat last year. I know when you look at Bogle, you can't say look at Alabama and say, well, their failure year really got Florida that guy because that obviously didn't happen. But I think that Florida looking presentable and putting that 10 win season and showing a lot of promise did help them. So I think that. I think that's just how the recruiting is going to go. They're going to hope that the the efforts on the field and, and showing positivity and having those, you know, a successful offense and a defense that is serviceable. And I, I just think that that helped them a lot last year. You know, obviously you have to play the long waiting game. You know, Chris Steele is one of those ones that I'm sure fans don't want to hear, but that was a guy who's going to USC this time last year. So, and that obviously shook out to help Florida's favor. So again, you know, things are going to change and I think Florida's going to have to continue to kind of keep striking on some of these kids, but you know, decommitments are going to happen. Like you said, when there's still 500 more left to go. So on this, on swamp247.com, we wrote about uh, potential flips that Florida's chasing and, and going after. And they had one on campus this past weekend and Isaiah Walker Jr., who's currently committed to South Carolina, who I think is currently at Miami right now for an unofficial visit uh, while we record this. So he's clearly still taking his visits. And so while the Josh Braun going to Georgia, an offensive tackle from just up the road, that definitely stings. If you're able to land a guy like Isaiah Walker, uh, who's an elite uh, offensive tackle, that obviously lessens the blow and, and may potentially be a little bit of an upgrade uh, if you are able to flip him. Sure, he's an uber-athletic offensive lineman. He has really quick feet. Um, you know, I don't think that that commitment to South Carolina is going to last. On top of him wanting to take a billion visits and being really open in his recruitment, he's already burned his official visit to South Carolina, and I think that uh, that's not something usually you want to do with some of those kids – that want to take all their visits, you know, you would have thought that, you know, try to shoot for an unofficial visit or, or maybe even official visit later, because this is a guy who's going to continue to stretch this in there. I, you know, I don't think that any school should be using their official visits right now with him, to be honest, with how he seems to be fully committed to taking, a, uh, taking visits somewhere else. 
Absolutely. He's going to enjoy the recruiting process. He's going to take this deep into the cycle. And honestly, I don't think it'll end until he signs in December. Uh, another player is Alabama cornerback Jacquez Robinson. Now, Joel Williams decommitted from Florida on Monday, probably going to head to Alabama. Here's a player on the table from Jacksonville, Florida, that has visited Florida numerous times in the past that they absolutely can go in and flip. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing with him is he's going to be back at Alabama later this month. And if you ask him, he's solid with the Crimson Tide. You know, I think for the most part, I, I believe that. But at the same time, the longer this one goes, the more visits he continues to take. He keeps showing up at Florida. They're prioritizing him. The comment that just sticks with me so much is after talking to him, uh, after an unofficial visit he took in March to Florida, was that, you know, I'm a Florida boy. You know, being in state is something that draws him to keep coming back. And, and I think he's going to continue to be back at Florida. I expect him to be back sometime, probably in Friday Night Lights in July. He'll show up to a couple games. And this is a guy who's going to continue to visit Florida all the way to the very end. And I think that with their depth, uh, that they've you know now now lost steel and having uh, possibly losing C.J. Uh, Henderson and Marco Wilson Wilson to the NFL this year they're going to be looking for something and I think that resonates with him and I think if Florida keeps chipping away I think that that's one that I feel pretty good about at least the chances Florida has at flipping for now. Yeah, you say you feel he he's solid to Alabama. His actions say he's not sure. all that sure. solid to Alabama. You know, another player that everybody's trying to flip in the state of Florida is Avante Williams, a safety out of DeLand, Florida, currently committed to Oregon. Um, don't want to really want to say this because Florida fans are probably tired of hearing this, but <laughs> Georgia's another serious threat in this recruitment. And I think Miami's in the picture a little bit as well. But, you know, here's a guy that he's been to Florida numerous times, uh, even though he's been committed and and. You know, he's there for the picking. He's there for the flip. You know, and I think with the fact that they're going to be looking for some guys in the secondary, and he seems to find a way to get to Gainesville every once in a while. I know he's, he hasn't been there since earlier in the spring, but, you know, I do think that Georgia probably has the best chance to flip him just because he's made a little bit more of an effort to get up there for visits. But this is one that, I mean, he's committed to Miami. He's committed to Oregon without ever visiting. So this one has a whole nother realm of weird I, I'm already bracing myself for this recruitment to get weirder in the fall. Um, him continue to take visits and show up at campuses. I want to say he popped up at Old Miss for a visit too eventually. So there are random schools that pop up in there, and he's definitely keeping his eye open. And then he's committed to Oregon that's all the way across the country, and he's only made one visit there. So I think that that's one that's going to be a, a commitment where you see the headline of Oregon commit visits this school all rest of the summer, all fall. Beyond that, for some of the uncommitted uh, recruits in the state of Florida that are kind of in that top 30 as well, wide receiver Marcus Roseme is supposed to take an official visit to Florida this weekend. Uh, again, this is another battle that Georgia is all in on, and they seem to have at least a little bit of momentum heading into these visits. What is it about Georgia and the state of Florida? It seems like they're coming down here and, and trying to raid the state. I think it's just one of those teams where they're they're the one that gets a lot of buzz. They've obviously had a lot of success since Kirby Smart's been there. You bring a, a coordinator that was at Bama forever, and you know every, Bama's been great under Saban, and I, I think whenever you see that translate and then the success they have, I just think it's you know the hot team, if you want to call it that. that that's what you know kids see them winning. Kids, kids see you know a lot of good players going there. So uh, you know I think that that uh, it's gonna con they're gonna continue to be a problem for Florida until that uh, they, they pull a win off there in Jacksonville. Yeah, and, and, you know, Rosemead, Florida has a shot to, I guess, 
change the tide. I'm not a big fan of this early official visit, knowing that Rosemead probably goes into the fall at least, and um, Florida would be the first official visit. Maybe this is a, a last-ditch effort to become a serious player in this recruitment, as it was kind of been seen as Ohio State and uh, Georgia's the two teams in this recruitment. Uh, going down the, the rankings a little bit at number 10 in the state of Florida is edge rusher Chance Williams, who Florida is in on LSU and I think Georgia as well. So uh, going down even further at number 12 is former Florida running back commit Kevon Lee, who I do think is somewhat open to the Gators, uh, even though he is giving LSU and, and Penn State a look, uh, potentially a guy that they can go back on. And I want to hit on this wide receiver at number 14 in the state, Xavier Henderson, uh, younger brother of Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson, Clemson's coming hard after uh, after Xavier, and they actually have him on campus right now as we talk. How important is this recruiting battle for the Gators going up against Clemson? You know, for for Xavier, I think it's huge, especially whenever you consider that you know this guy's brother is currently on the roster, and you really, you know, you should have him easily accessible to campus because leading up before his recruitment, this was a guy who was there like every weekend. I just when I made my visitor list, I just expected to throw Xavier on there because I figured he'd be there because usually he was. Um, so I think that the concerning thing now is that Clemson, like you said, has kind of turned up the heat there and he hasn't visited Florida as much. So I do think that Florida is in there, but as he has no trouble getting to Clemson, I think that it starts to get concerning to where Florida is needs to get this guy back on campus, considering the family ties, his brother is going to have a bit is expected to have a big year for Florida this year and is getting a lot of, you know, draft buzz and all that. So, you know, I think you can hope to get him on campus in the fall more, but you know, whenever you've got three visits to Clemson, you've obviously let them build up a ton of momentum. So you really don't want to wait all the way to the fall and, you know, when this the games start cranking up to get a guy on campus when he hasn't been there since February. I think the wide receiver you thing that Clemson is preaching is, sure. is definitely helping them for Henderson. And the thing I worry about is every time he visits Clemson, are they going to speed up his decision timeline? Xavier's been pretty consistent in saying he's going to stretch his recruitment into December and, and doesn't plan to commit anytime soon. But the fact that he, this is his third time up on uh, at Clemson, uh, you know, this offseason, he took his parents up there another time. You know, it, does Clemson put the screws to him and, and get him to – commit early i think that would be uh that would be an issue for florida if he were to, to the sooner he commits the less likely it's florida i would assume and you know it's not like clemson hasn't proven that they can move the timetable up on a kid look at demarcus bowman another good example this was a guy who was talking about maybe before the season probably in december and a couple visits to clemson he's in the class yeah yeah and that's a that's a t Clemson's recruiting at a whole nother level right now. Uh, there's some talk that maybe they could fill up at wide receiver. I don't know. I, I, initial buzz seems to say that, that Clemson at least will battle for a little bit with him. Will they go to December with him? That that remains to be seen. Uh, moving down the list at number 22, Tim Smith, a defensive tackle that Florida's had on campus numerous times. But, man, he just feels like he wants to to leave the state, does he not? I've gotten that vibe from talking with him. You know, at first it seemed like Clemson was the team. Well, he said they were his leader, so it wasn't seems they were the they were the outright leader, and he seemed pretty poised to make a commitment. And then, as you said, there Clemson is having a good year this year with, with their recruiting, and it seemed like they kind of filled up on him. And but Florida has continued to press for him, and, and you just don't get the overly 
fuzzy, warm feeling about Ford. And I don't know that it was that he didn't click with Sal Sinceri to start and that maybe they're kind of hitting the reset button with David Turner. And he's obviously given them every opportunity he's visited in March. He visited for their cookout last month. So he's, he's giving them the effort by showing up on campus. But when you talk to him, it just seems like he is kind of interested in getting out of state, maybe seeing something new. I believe he was just at Alabama and he uh, camped there and he does seem interested in the Crimson Tide. I, I don't know what's going on there, if they're going to continue to push for him. But the, the thing is, is that we've known Florida really wants this guy. They're going to continue to push for him, but it's been kind of hard getting a gauge on maybe who their competition is. Yeah. And I guess the good thing is that he does keep showing up on Florida's campus. You can never complain about that. He's pretty pretty consistent about making uh, dropping in on, on Florida at these different events, whether it be a game, a junior day, or or something like that. Um, so, you know, they need defensive tackles. Uh, they, they have a pretty big board on the defensive line. And, uh, you know, Tim's, Tim's one of those guys that they, they would like to have. And moving down the list at number 27 in the state is wide receiver Arian Smith, a guy that they just had on campus recently. So I personally, I think 27 is way too low in the state of Florida. I think you're going to continue to see his ranking go up as the, the cycle continues on. And, and as more people get a, a better look at him, I think his ceiling is through the roof um, or his potential is through the roof. And he was just on campus and, and Florida's making a strong push here. We talked about him a lot on the last podcast a little bit. We actually were talking before we started recording, and we, we kind of ran down the list of guys we were going to talk about. And this was the one that we really thought that Florida had the best chance with it. And I do agree with that because I feel like he doesn't take a lot of visits. We mentioned that on the last podcast. And just that track appeal that they're offering him at for both sports, the success Florida's had at track, I, I feel like it's kind of getting the maybe some momentum building up for Florida. And um, I think at this point you just have to continue to – to try to get visits from him because they are scarce for him. Um, I, I don't know if those will crank up more with the summer going on or in the fall. I, I'm not, that's to be seen, but I, I think for Florida right now, you have to be pretty happy with coming out of that last visit. Maybe the momentum they kind of started to build up with him. Yeah. Their, their main competition is probably Florida state. Would you say for Arian and they may even Florida state may even have the slight edge right now, but you know, I think the two seasons will help determine that. Like we were all expecting Florida to have a, a fairly decent season, nine, 10 wins somewhere in there. While Florida state, what's Florida state going to have? What's their record going to be? They're coming off five and seven. You know, I, I don't see them getting to 10 wins. Maybe they'll pull off a shocker and surprise us. So I think there perhaps the, the play on the field and just how the two offenses look, uh, will we'll help maybe swing this recruitment, which I think is very tight right now. And, you know, I think FSU has a pretty good track program, too. So it's it's nothing, nothing to sneeze at. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. Sure. And I think whenever you look at him, I, you know, I do think that Florida State has the slight edge, but I don't know that it's any other reason other than he's just been there a lot and a guy who hasn't taken a lot of visits. You know, probably Florida, Florida State battle is what I think it is at least. But this is a guy who does mention wanting to take visits to Auburn, to Alabama, to Tennessee, to Texas A&M. And I get those haven't happened at this time. But, you know, who's to say that it doesn't throw another wrench into this recruitment? So I do feel like Florida State does have maybe an edge right now. But that's just because of just the fact that he's been there, I want to say, two, three times this year. Yeah, and, and I think Florida's got him on campus twice. Twice, one, yes. One was for the Florida Relays. Uh, so it wasn't really a, sure. a half a visit. <laughs> yeah. So he's up there running in his track meet. And after that meet's done, he gets to swing by and, and speak with the coaches a little bit. Doesn't get the, the full uh, visit experience, I guess. Um, I, I guess 
you know, moving forward, what are some of the things that maybe you think need to change on the for Florida, you know, recruiting and and just how do they get this momentum that they seem to uh, had coming off the bull win through signing day, as you mentioned, and even early in this cycle, it seemed like things were cooking and just bam, it's like a cold hard stop. <laughs> you know, how does how do they get the momentum going again? You know, I think that the way you look at it now is that uh, I touched on earlier. I think that some some new hires and getting some juice into that recruiting offices will do them a lot of good. I know we're kind of approaching an entire month-long recruiting dead period, so I think the focus during that dead period needs to be kind of getting an idea of what you're going to do as you come out of that dead period. Really want to come out strong with Friday Night Lights, um, since that will be like the first big event right after the dead period, and kind of get your idea of going into the fall. Because I do think that everyone, like we said, 9-10 wins is, is kind of the expectation for Florida this year. So Having a good season will kind of maybe give you some boost, give you some momentum there. I think that's kind of at this point what you need to count on. But I think this dead period really needs to be where you kind of really pull things back and look under the hood and see, you know, is there anyone we can bring in? What what can we do? I think that needs to be their plan there. And I do think that getting some guys in there kind of beefing up their recruiting offices and maybe being a little bit more consistent with some of these guys and continue to kind of yeah, I just feel like I've had a couple times where a kid says like, oh, yeah, Florida's kind of hot and cold with me. And I just don't think that that's going to really resonate for them in the recruiting. Yeah, they need to get that that department organized and pulling in the same direction. Um, you know, we've heard for months, actually going on a year now, probably of just some uh, things maybe not so kosher back there. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover uh, this offseason in that department. And like you said, that by that uh, dead period that they have, that month-long dead period is, is a great opportunity to – you know, reevaluate things, uh, get get some systems in, in place to, you know, be organized and, and get things done. And they have to knock out Friday Night Lights. They have to. It's got to be a big event um, and, and get a lot of prospects on campus. And, you know, got to win versus Miami, too. I think uh, a, a, an impressive win, prime time. Everyone's going to be watching week zero, you know. You have a good win. Uh, that'll start catching some recruits' eyes as well, especially in some of these little Miami-Florida uh, recruiting battles that are going on. Sure. You know, I think that last year, like I said, the season really kind of helped jettison them, give them some buzz. Um, you know, because I do think that they have a lot of great coaches there that are going to win a lot of football games. And, you know, I think Dan Mullen's play calling catches a lot of kids eyes, depending on, you know, offensive guys there. And obviously Todd Grantham is a great defensive coordinator. So I do think there are some things that are going to help them with the season, but you've got to get there and you've got to continue. You've got to get something going and you just can't wait all the way until August to start saying, well, this is where we're really going to turn it up whenever, you know, a lot of schools are starting to already turn that up with the summer visits. It just kind of moves up the timeline so much more. Yeah. With, with the early signing period, it really does move up the timeline. And I've always been a big proponent of let me see what the recruiting class looks like for the very first game. Because once fall camp uh, starts, high school recruits kind of put a pause on things. You'll get a quick little run of guys announcing commitments, but they're obviously not out taking visits and, and whatnot. Obviously, the college coaches are focusing on their fall camp and preparing for the recruiting season. So, by the time that first game rolls around, you get these random end of the summer commitments knocked out and you get a good look at the core of your class and kind of the nucleus of, of your recruiting class. And you have somewhat of a good idea of those uncommitted uh, targets that are still out there 
where they're leaning or who the real players are uh, in their recruitments and if your team is a, a real player uh, in, in those recruitments. And I think that's a, a good stopping point and just kind of where are we at, where are we trending, where are we projecting to. Now, there's going to be random guys that just pop up because of coaching change across the country. So they may be committed somewhere that has a coordinator leave, a coach get fired, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden they're back on, you know, the Florida Gators board, which we've seen a couple of times, you know, we've seen that quite a bit actually um, just over the years, RJ Henderson being one just kind of popped up out of the blue in 2019. And, you know, he signs with Florida, but I, I do think get through the summer, get to, you know, get those late into the summer commitments out of the way and, and look at things in August and kind of see where Florida, Florida's class is then. Yeah, with that new early signing period, it just moves up the timeline so much more. So I think that is a good point to kind of look at what you've got because, like you said, whenever the season starts, these guys, for the most part, go underground. They worry about their season. There are your guys that, you know, I want to be done before my senior season. But some of those guys change their mind and want to roll in and do some more official visits. So I think right there, kind of heading into where are we at with these guys? This is what we have. Now let's start setting up some official visits and, and try to kind of build off who we have a good shot with and let's build momentum off of that person. All right, that's all for us. We'll be back later this week for another Swamp 24-7 podcast. Follow us, subscribe to us, give us five stars. Have a good one.